Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And it's time to welcome back a return guest to the roundtable. This is a guy who has a lot of hats that he wears, does a lot of different jobs, like a lot. It was tough for me to even remember all of them, to be honest with you. That's how many he does. He's the host of the podcast, The Fight Fan, on the WFAN network. He's the producer for BT and Sal on WFAN every day, their midday show on WFAN. He's the producer for Evan Roberts, our buddy, his show Rico Bronio, which is a Mets podcast. And he also fills in on the air on WFAN as well. In addition to his latest job, which is as a producer for the New York Giants. I don't know how he does it all. I don't know where he finds the time. He's got a family too. Somebody get this man a cape. Pete Hoffman. Pete, thanks for coming back on the show, brother. Dude, you make me sound like freaking Superman. I don't feel it. <laughs> I feel more like um feel like more like juggernaut than than Superman, but you make me sound like Superman. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, you've got a lot of stuff on your plate, including being a Jets fan, which is probably the most stressful of all of it. So let's talk about the 2023 season, which was not anywhere near the positive experience that we thought it was going to be. Your thoughts overall on 2023 for the Jets? I hate to say it, but it, it it's predictable. The one thing about this Jet squad going into the season, there was a huge question mark at the backup quarterback spot, right? Like that's the one thing we all discussed going in. You can't have Zach Wilson see the field at all. You really need, in order for the Jets to have a successful season, regardless, and in order to build Zach Wilson, you need him to just have a year off. And I know that that's a cop out because you picked him second year overall, uh, second overall um, in the draft. But he really needed to have that season of not saying put the feet put the feet up, but 
have that moment to kind of sit back and learn from everybody. And it was neglect. That's basically what 2023 20, uh, was to the fans. Okay. Because you had a Joe Douglas who, who basically thought the best way to fix, to quick fix this band-aid of an issue right now that, that the New York Jets have was just throw the band-aid out there because we had a, a little, little slice, a little wound, but throw a band-aid on it and go and get Aaron Rodgers, who didn't really play well the year before. Not sure if he wants to play football, but that should fix the quarterback situation, and that will propel the Jets to the closest thing to a championship run. And I think that that was a mistake, um, and that really just set the the spiral because down going downhill because you catered to one man and you catered an entire team to one man rather than do what was necessary to have a successful offseason to cater to just a team that is close to making a legitimate playoff run rather than going that route you said we have to go all in and where some people say duh that makes so much sense Aaron Rodgers was the guy but on the other hand there's the people like myself who said you could have had a successful season without catering to to one person and and it, and it, it literally that is the issue at hand that's how you sum up the season is you catered to Aaron Rodgers. You didn't cater to the fan base, and and that set the team back again. And now we're in a, in a in a very similar spot because you have so many question marks going into this season. The same exact ones you had last season. So it it was not a success. Seven and ten. Uh, yeah, seven and ten. Geez, I can't believe they even had seven wins. But seven and ten was more of a, they backed into seven wins more than actually succeeding. I mean, if Zach Wilson's play was not great at all, but they still were able to find ways to win despite his awful play. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Pete, what's your level of concern with Aaron Rodgers heading into 2024? Let's see. Scale of one to 10. I'm going to give the concern a, an 11. Okay. <laughs> um, you now talking about a guy who hasn't played a full season in two two full years. He hasn't been healthy in two full years. So he's going to go into this year, another year older, another year where, listen, he was telling everybody he was ready to return or was trying to make a return for the playoffs or whatever it was in 2023. But the reality is, I mean, I think he just started to rev up his sprinting and like after the season was over. So it wasn't like, he would have been healthy anyway, and he's still not healthy. And I know how it is to be a 41-year-old. I'm not saying I know how it is to be a 41-year-old quarterback in the NFL, but it's not as easy as just getting back on the field and, you know, yeah, I'd stretch a little bit, you're good, and now you're, 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 you're back to where you were 10 years ago. He hasn't had a successful year in th- now going to go into three years. So I am very concerned about him staying healthy the entire season. And I am concerned about how they're going to approach the Jets or how they're going to approach this offseason if they are going to cater again to to Aaron Rodgers. If they do that and cater towards him, again, we're making 
the push for a uh, a championship. We're we're doing that. So in the the short term, it's great. It's oh, let's let's go full force. But it's setting us up for more and more failure if if this season doesn't work out well. The two guys that are going to be tasked with fixing things, not only for this year, but for the foreseeable future, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. Where are you at with both of them? Let me start with Robert Sala first, because he's the, the low-hanging fruit, so we can all pick on Robert Sala. I, I'm disappointed because I think that Robert Sala may have been a better coach than what he has shown in his first three seasons. He's a losing coach. So, so regardless... On his record, he's a losing coach. He's a loser. And that that sucks because I don't think he was given the proper tools. I don't think he was given the proper... Um, uh, I don't think that when you look at it, the big picture, he was given a bad quarterback. Couldn't The guy couldn't perform, and it was a losing situation no matter what because his defense, if you look at his defense, periodically his defense has grown into one of the best in the league. And you can tell me as much as you want, Scott, that the backhand back end of the season didn't go as well. And the defense kind of gave up or whatever the case is, but eventually you have to look at the big picture when you're play 17 games in a season and your defense is keeping you in games week in week out. And they're still losing because the offense is give, putting up zero points that their their best offensive weapon is their kicker, eventually it's going to show defensively. And that's what happened. So take away the later later part of the season where the defense didn't really hold up their end. Take away the later part of the games where the defense didn't really hold up their... their, When you're on the field for like 65% of the season, you're just not going to win. It's it's not going to happen. And... So for the defense, though, I will say they got better. They From the first year to the third year, the defense has heavily improved. The offense has not. So is it because of Robert Sala the offense has improved, or is it because the upper management has basically given him poor help, whether it was coaching or whether it was talent? And that's where it's on Joe Douglas. So Robert Sala, yeah, he's he's a loser. He's not a good coach. He's not a, He's not a leader. Watching, uh, you know, Hard Knocks, it proved that he is not a leader of men, unfortunately. But that's also because of Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas took his legs out, okay? We can all sit here and start to talk about Woody Johnson and say, oh, well, he's just not a good owner. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's looking at flashy toys. But I am convinced that Joe Douglas didn't know what else to do this offseason and thought the easiest way to a championship or easiest way to a playoff push, because again, he is about saving his job, right? We, we we know that that Robert Sala, his job was in question this year, that Joe Douglas's job was in question this year. So rather than give it another year, Zach Wilson, drafting another quarterback or finding another free agent that may not be as good, go in, bring in Aaron Rodgers, it's a given, right? He's going to be good no matter what because he's a great quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won MVPs. You can't go wrong. Well, you didn't think about the fact that he's going to get hurt in four plays, and you didn't think about the fact that you were going to need to rely on Zach Wilson. So Joe Douglas went, and in my opinion, I don't really know it's 100%, but I can guarantee you that the idea stemmed from Joe Douglas and not from Woody Johnson. 
to go get Aaron Rodgers. He thought that this was the best play for him to keep his job. And guess what? Woody Johnson likes flashy things. We've seen it before with Brett Favre. We've seen this before with other players. He likes flashy things. He likes toys. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best toys around to, to drive the car of the New York Jets. So bring him in and it would work out. But that's Joe Douglas's fault. You could tell me that Zach Wilson was a bust. I don't care. He's made he's he's hit in so many different areas. I don't care that Zach Wilson's a bust, but how can you not fix the quarterback situation? Joe Douglas is the leader uh, of the pack when it came comes down to faults with the quarterback scenario when in, going into 2023 and now we have to deal with it again with 2024. So Robert Sala unfortunately getting most of the hit. Joe Douglas has a lot lot of blame that people are ignoring. Free agency and the draft are coming up. What would you be looking to do if you were the Jets? In free agency, obviously, they have to consider bringing back some of their own players, some of the guys that they want to decide to let walk, and then guys that they want to try and get externally. And then in the draft, obviously, no second-round pick because of the Rodgers trade, but they've got a first, a third, two fourths, so they can make them count if they use them properly. What would you be looking to do here? I hate to go um, conservative. But if you really, if we really think that offensively you have Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, those two guys are special, that we think they're special, right? Garrett Wilson is a great player, but couldn't really, and had a good season last year, considering the fact that he had one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. You need to be able to protect your quarterback. You need to give him more time. And I think that the best route the, the the biggest free agents, the biggest, you know, draft picks when I'm think, thinking about top picks, you need to get better offensive linemen. Like, you just have to. There's there's no more. Like, AVT, he can't stay healthy. Uh, Becton, he's just not who we, who we want him to be. You need to go for juggernauts in the offensive line category. It, it sucks. You need you need better guards. You need better tackles. It, it has to happen. You know, Lincoln Tom Tomlinson was not as good as we wanted him to be. Uh, you know, there's just too many busts at that offensive line area. I know Tidman was good, um, but it's just not good enough. And we could sit there and say that Aaron Rodgers got hurt four plays in because of the offensive line. He might have got hurt four games in anyway. Like that offensive line was not blocking anybody. Uh, to start the season off. It wasn't good. Zach Wilson was a little bit, you know, was able to be mobile. But re the reality is you need to bring and fix that because in order for uh, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall to continue to go, and, and they want to be here. That's the other thing too is they're all, every year that goes by, they're getting older. So you need to be able to, to make them feel like they're going to be able to blow up and, and just break numbers and just turn into the best wide receiver, running back crew uh, tandem that the Jets have ever had. So you need to to work on that protection. You also need to bring in a quarterback besides Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not talking about drafting a quarterback first overall. Like that, that's, that to me is stupid. The, just not worth it. I, I think Joe Douglas can find a quarterback later in the draft if he, so, if he feels that there's someone out there. I, I think that he does a good job digging and, and scrambling and finding players. I think he could pull it off. If he doesn't, then you need to bring in a free agent. But 
you can't go another season and have the Tim Boyles of the world. You can't go another season and and get Trevor Simeons. You need a legitimate backup. I mean, freaking cry out loud. I would almost sit for Zach Wilson again as a third-string quarterback this year if you can bring in somebody to, to really be a real buffer between the two, between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson. But that like that's the whole thing is you you have to have that in just in case quarterback. I know that that's a that's a terrible thing because you don't want to go into a season with a well Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt. That's a terrible mindset to have. But look at the NFL. How many different quarterbacks started in the NFL last year? I mean, the Cleveland Browns last year had Joe Flacco starting. I think he was a fourth uh, quarterback for the Browns who had to start a game because they were depleted. That's just how it goes in the NFL now. That you can't rely on just one quarterback. So you need to have uh, at least some sort of of more than serviceable quarterback. You can't have a well Tim Boyle can come in and help train a young kid. No, 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 no. You need to have that guy is that is ready at open. Like Colt McCoy would have been fine. And I, I know that, that would, that's still not great, but those type of quarterbacks that can at least keep you in games, maybe help win you games rather than the the opposite where it's like, I don't know what this quarterback's going to do. I don't Even if he knows the system, can he actually pull it off? Is he smart enough to pull it off? Can he actually do, do his basic reads? You know, you're talking about games last year that came down to the wire because the defense keeps you in them. It would be nice to see a quarterback who can actually play if Aaron Rodgers is not available, that can actually go on the field and go out there and have a great game and and cause some separation. You know, that that's what the Jets are missing. Having a quarterback that doesn't keep you in a game, but be able to cause that, create that separation where, hey, you know what? Garrett Wilson has a day, puts up 150 yards, maybe a touchdown or two. Brees, Brees Hall gets, you know, 100 yards on the ground and a quarterback that can just be the court, the coach on the field, the game manager on the field. You, you need that. And that, that is the biggest thing. I don't care what else they do the rest of the offseason. I know that there's other flaws that they have. I know that there's other pieces that they're going to need to fill. But honestly, that backup quarterback is so huge. Pete, series of questions for you based on your areas of specialty. And the first one involves your hosting an MMA podcast. If you could take any member of the Jets right now, and have him trained up to be a UFC fighter. Which guy would you pick to be the most successful and why? I think Michael Clemens. I think he's just, I mean, he is jacked up to the gills. He's very intimidating. I think he's the type of guy that, um, now maybe his skill set is one-sided. Maybe he's more of a wrestler. Maybe, But that that is the type of guy that I feel like just stepping into the cage, you're going to you're gonna feel small. Uh, going up against now, I also saw Tyler Conklin too up close and personal, and and he is a beast. He doesn't. Uh, I don't think he's ever trained MMA at all. At all but I I know that that guy. He's he's a big boy too. I mean, there's, there's a lot of big boys on the team, but but Michael Clemens is the one that I think is intimidating the most as far as host wise. Who's the guy that I think I could sit there and just kind of you know, bounce off ideas and just have a good time and good conversation, good conversation. That's a little bit difficult, but I think I'm going to have to go. I mean, I would hate to say Aaron Rodgers, but that's probably the guy to go to, right? You see him every week. 
with, uh, you know, um, Pat McAfee. So that might be the the lazy answer. Um, but I feel like he's the guy that's much more, you know, can sit there and you can kind of go off in different worlds in different places. And that's a guy that you like to be able to be creative off of. I think he's creative enough. I just, you know, and that's what I'm looking for when I'm talking about like my partner as far as, as, and I think he's an MMA fan too. So that kind of would work for both areas. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that would really stick out. Um, CJ Mosley seems like a good talker too. Um, but I think I, I gotta be honest. Like, I think I'm going to go chalk with that and just say Aaron Rodgers. All right. Along those lines, Pete, one of your biggest attributes, in addition to being a host of a podcast is producing a bunch of shows. You produce mm. for BT and Sal, you produce for the giants, you produce for our friend, Evan Roberts. So I was curious, and the answer could be Aaron Rodgers, or maybe it's somebody else. If you were to be told that you could take any member of the Jets team, or it could be somebody in the organization too, it could be Joe Douglas and Robert Sala if you want, and you were told you could take any of these guys, teach them the ropes of the broadcasting business, and then be the producer for their show, and obviously your job is riding on it because if they don't do well, then you're not going to have a job as their producer, so you have to pick the right guy. Who are you picking and why? I think it's Garrett Wilson because even at his at his um, at the end of the season, he was kind of open about some things and uh, about the team. Spoke about how the offense, you know, he was sick and not sick and tired, but it was frustrating because the uh, in game adjustments weren't happening. And how he discussed, he watched other teams come in with backup quarterbacks, you know, and just as bad situations as, as they were. And if they could figure it out, then the Jets should be able to figure it out too. And th that is something when it comes down to a host, I need someone that's going to be able to not, not feel, you know, the, the pressure of if I say the wrong thing, what's the repercussion? So the fact that Garrett Wilson was able just to go out and blurt it out there, I thought that was, that was huge because that was very negative towards the organization. The fact that they sat there and had to listen to Garrett Wilson basically trashed the entire offense, whether it was quarterback, whether it was coaching, whatever it was, everyone got hit with that, with those comments. So to me, you want someone that's going to come in here and feel comfortable in front of a mic and, and feel like they're able to speak their mind and not have the repercussions. And if there are repercussions, they don't care. I have plenty of hosts or, or talent that we've had in and out that have said the wrong thing. And we get phone calls all fair, like, Hey, you know, Try not to set that guy up for that, please, because it's I, I, I want to protect him. I don't think Garrett Wilson needs protecting. I think Garrett Wilson is someone who knows how to communicate, knows, knows what he wants, and someone that has no problem speaking his mind, which is beautiful. Plus, to be honest with you, I mean, he is so talented. I mean, you kind of want to hear what he has to say. You want to hear what's in his head. You want to hear his thoughts. The way he breaks it down, it's it just, it, I think Garrett Wilson is the guy that, that I, I want to sit down and I want to produce for because I think he would be so open. Last one for you, Pete. Before we started recording, we were talking about one of the greatest movies of all time, My Cousin Vinny. So mm. you have to pick somebody from the Jets organization to be a character in My Cousin Vinny. Who and why? This is, this is a very difficult question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to try to put it together. I think Robert Sala could play the part of, and I'm blanking on his name, and it's not a big role, but it's the guy that wants to collect the money um, <laughs> from from Joe Pesci. 
because he got rolled or whatever, whatever, whatever the case was, and then he got beat up. Robert Sala comes off as that tough guy, the guy that that is intimidating, the guy that is, you know, don't mess with me, and and not a bully, and not a bully. Even though in the, in the movie that character is sort of a bully, but push comes to shove, someone like a Joe Pesci character can take him down. Someone that's a little bit smaller can can take his legs out, and he doesn't have to fight back the way we thought. And that to me is Robert Solid. He could nail that role. That's not it's not a good not a good character, but that's the role. I, I'm gonna look up his name. We'll we'll tweet we'll tweet it out or whatever it is later. But that's the character, the guy, the the, the billiards guy that Joe Pesci eventually beats up for, for for some cash. So let me get this straight. My two options are option A. Get my ass kicked and give you $200. Or option B, kick your ass and collect $200. I think I'm going to go with option B. <laughs> That's the one. Oh, dude, I love it. I love it. A hundred percent. And and listen, I love, I actually love Robert Sala. I loved him when he first came here. He was someone that I really thought could change this organization. You know, you listen to him speak. There's a lot of things about him that there's promise behind there. Maybe eventually he will turn into a really good head coach. It's just never going to happen here. He was set up to fail, and it's very disappointing. We all have to hope that much like the hero of My Cousin Vinny, Vincent LaGuardia Gambini, that Robert Sala finds a way to turn things around and push the Jets into the contention that everybody thought they were going to be in last year. Now, obviously, in the case of Vincent LaGuardia Gambini, that meant a acquittal for his cousin, which is, of course, the title of the movie, My Cousin Vinny. In this case, maybe it will mean an acquittal for himself and Joe Douglas at their respective jobs. Uh, and you know what? I'm thinking about it, too, now, too. You, another cameo or another character. Aaron Rodgers might get away with playing Marissa Tomei because he <laughs> he could be the genius, right? He's the genius that we need. We need someone to crack the code. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and is healthy and could play well, maybe he's the one that cracks the case for everybody. <laughs> you got the case cracker, honey. Me in the shower. <laughs> oh, my God. That is. All right. You know what, uh, Scott? Next time you have me on, let's screw talking to the Jets. Let's just do a live watch of my cousin Vinny. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. Pete Hoffman, <laughs> producer of Rico Bronia. That's Evan Roberts' podcast on the Mets. Producer for the New York Giants. Producer for BTN Sal. Host at WFAN. Host of the Fight Fan Podcast. I don't know where he has the time to do literally anything, so I'm glad that he was able to take a few minutes and hop on for the roundtable this year. Pete, really appreciate it. For those that want to follow you on social media, check out everything you're doing. Go ahead, tell them how they can follow you, and of course, the myriad of projects that you're working on and how they can listen to what you're doing in terms of your podcasts and, of course, everything that you produce. So all my social media is at Hoff, W-F-A-N. That's H-O-F-F-W-F-A-N. You can find all the podcasts that I do, everything on the list. Um, it's odyssey.com or, uh, and then also the, um, the odyssey app, I should say, excuse me, not odyssey.com odyssey app. And then you can just any, any place that you listen to your podcast, wherever you download your podcast, you should be able to get Rico Bronya, should be able to get the fight fan. Also, um, I'm also doing a project with Sal Licata. It's called WFAN daily. So that's another one I put on my plate as well. Same thing there as well. You can find all those podcasts on wherever you download your podcasts and it, it should be that simple, but uh, Scott, dude, it was a pleasure as always, man. It's, it's a blast to, to speak with you, even though the team is, is still up in arms and just, you know, head scratchers. And it makes me, 
um, one event, which is why things like this, why your podcast is so great, because you do get to sit there and vent and talk about the team that you love and passionately so much. And eventually it's going to turn around. I just hope it's sooner than later. I think we all are hoping that Pete, I really appreciate you coming on. And obviously we got to try and do this more often. Check out the 8,000 projects that Pete is working <laughs> on right now. Follow him on Twitter and check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com. Give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes too. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show. If you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. But it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, to be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.